Asia Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. All views of the world should unite by this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday, the 6th of March. You're listening to Community Radio 3CR. I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Pierre Morrow and apologies for being a bit late, still uh, getting used to back to the panel being uh, around. So, you know, give us a, a few weeks and I'll, uh, All I'll get back to All I hear is my... excuses, excuses, excuses. That's right, Giselle. <laughs> but, you know, we just spent 15 minutes before the station hearing about your excuse of a whole range of things so you know anyway i'm sure our listeners don't really want to know about defamation that. i say defamation that's, that's exactly <laughs> right now what's on and of course uh, who brings you asia pacific currents every week that's at your favorite right. community radio station 3cr radio that's right it is asia pacific current uh, it's uh, <laughs> australia <laughs> australia asia worker links that brings you this show every week and if you want to get in touch with us you can find us on the web all the w's.aawl.org.au and <clears throat> we're on Facebook and Twitter, so look us up on those social media platforms. And we luckily have managed to escape the big news colour. I know that there's been movement in that direction, but we've still been able to post news <laughs> on our Facebook page. So um, please go to that page. We, uh, we source our news from... Um, news right across the region that you probably don't commonly see in your news feed. Um, and as you mentioned, Pierre, in the second part of the show, we're going to be speaking with Nez Gavanzo, who is from Gabriella, which is the feminist wing of the um, militant labour section of the left in the Philippines. And we're going to be talking about International Women's Day. Of course, that is on Monday, the 8th of March. So um, we're going to find out a little bit about the demands of the women's movement in the Philippines. But of course, Ness is an activist here in Melbourne, Australia as well and he's involved in the IWD Collective here. So we're going to find out what's happening in good old Melbourne town too. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, all right, we'll go straight to, given that it's full past and nine o'clock already, we'll go to uh, news stories. Um, we've got seven this um, uh, week. So the first one, unfortunately, we have to go to Myanmar, where this week has seen a massive escalation of violence against anti-coup demonstrators in Myanmar, where over multiple incidents, more than 50 demonstrators were were killed. Actually, I believe it's over 70 now, unfortunately. Hundreds injured and many more arrested. The organising against the military coup is widespread with um, a very strong determination not to go back to the fearful and dark times of previous military regimes. Now, workers in Myanmar have been at the front lines of the demonstrations, with many workplaces stopping work and participating in actions in a united groups. Many labour leaders are now facing arrest warrants and have gone into hiding in Myanmar. Unions all around the world have condemned the coup and subsequent killings and are calling for targeted sanctions against the Myanmar military. And in Afghanistan, a journalist was killed in broad daylight. On Tuesday of this week, three journalists were murdered in broad daylight in two separate attacks in the eastern city of Jalalabad. Sadia Sadat and Shahnaz Raafi were the first to be gunned down while they were walking together 
while minutes later in another part of the city, Mursal Wahidi was also shot dead. The three women were all journalists with Anycast TV, a local station. This triple murder is the latest in a string of targeted attacks on media workers in Afghanistan, with at least a dozen journalists having been murdered in the last 18 months. Human rights activists see these killings as an attempt to silence dissenting voices in Afghani society and create a regime of terror. And of course, these three attacks coming a week before International Women's Day doesn't bode well for the struggle of the women's movement in that country. Unfortunately, that's right. Um, We now go to Iraq, where in mid-February, around 10,000 electricity workers took up their fight for secure and safe employment to another level by demonstrating outside the Ministry of Electricity in Baghdad. These workers um, work in totally unregulated environments where many of many of them die due to poor health and safety standards, while they also um, only get uh, low wages, no benefits, and endure long working hours. Concurrently, um, assassinations, arrests, beatings, and kidnappings of anti-government activists have continued unabated, uh, with at least six activists being murdered during the month of February. None of the perpetrators, unfortunately, have been arrested or even identified. And there have been more deaths of cleaners in India last week in the southern city of Chennai to manual scavengers, so-called as they clean septic tanks and other sewerage by hand, died of asphyxiation while inside a septic tank. A third worker was able to be pulled out alive. These deaths were only the most recent ones, as during the month of February... Four other deaths of sewerage workers in separate incidents were reported in the southern state of Tamil Nadu. There are an estimated 30 to 40,000 workers who are classified as manual scavengers in India, and it's estimated that over 100 of them are killed at work every year. Seven Seven years, a new national law was passed that outlawed the employment of workers as manual scavengers. Sorry, that was seven years ago, new national law was passed. Actually, Pierre, I do recall that at the time that that national law was passed, there was something like 120 deaths in a single week in um, those sewerage septic tanks, causing the outrage that led to that law. I mean, it's, I mean, I know there are lots of t- terrible jobs that us workers have to do, but uh, you would think this is one of the worst. That uh... I know, and as a general um, concept, uh, automation has been detrimental to workers and the workers' movement, but sewerage is an area I definitely think autom- automation is a welcomed demand. Totally, totally. Um, we now go to Thailand, where last Sunday... Anti-government protesters rallied in front of the military barracks housing the Prime Minister's um, residence in Bangkok uh, of Prayut Chan-o-Cha. The demonstration was called to demand the release of four protest leaders who had been recently arrested, as well as the dropping of Les Majest charges against another 50 activists. The police responded to the demonstration with volleys of tear gas, rubber bullets and water cannons. While no arrests were made, 16 activists were injured. 
the protesters also raised slogans in support of the anti-military coup protests in Myanmar as Prayut Chan-o-cha had met the Myanmar generals just a few days previously after the coup. The linking of these events is another sign of the so-called Milk Tea Alliance of pro-democracy activists from Hong Kong, Taiwan, Thailand and Myanmar is continuing to develop. And in Hong Kong, anti-government activists are facing long prison sentences following the arrest of over 50 activists in early January under new security laws. This week, most of them were charged with conspiracy to commit subversion, a charge that carries life in prison if convicted. A number of unionists were in this group uh, of people, including Carol Nee, president of the Hong Kong Confederation of Trade Unions. And we've interviewed Carol Nee a number of times on Asia-Pacific Currents in relation to these Hong Kong protests. In a recent interview, Carol saw these arrests as part of an attempt to destroy any independent unionising in the city-state. She went on to say that this new wave of repression is aimed at stifling the growth of hundreds of new unions that were formed during the last two years of struggle, many in previously unorganised sectors. Carol has called on the international workers' movement to lobby the Chinese government for it to guarantee workers' rights, including the right to collectively bargain and the right to organise. Workers' political rights should not be intimidated. Well, that's a very uh, big ask and something that uh, we can certainly um, agree with. And for our last um, news stories, we actually have one on uh, International Women's Day, where this week a chief chief judge remark in India has really highlighted how much work there is still to do to achieve equality for women around the world. Chief Justice Sharad Arvind Bobdi was presiding over a rape case when he asked the accused rapist whether he he would marry his young victim so as to avoid being tried uh, for rape and going to jail. Um, In Australia, in the last couple of weeks, um, a number of incidents of sexual violence against women by ministers and parliamentary staff have also sparked a huge outcry, as clearly there are still great imbalances of power with women remaining very vulnerable and unable to get justice in a timely manner. Protests and events are planned globally for International Women's Day on March the 8th in Melbourne, Australia. A protest march will assemble at 2pm outside Parliament House um, this Monday. And we'll go to a community announcement and then we'll come back with our uh, interview um, with um, Nez on International Women's Day. This is Irene Bolger, former Secretary of the Nurses' Federation in Victoria. Throughout the nurses' dispute in 1986 and the waterfront dispute in 1998, 3CR was always there, broadcasting the voices of workers in struggle. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio and we're broadcasting live from the Bay to Chicken Strike here in Melbourne. We've just seen all of the thousands of nurses walk through to their meeting and people from different unions showing their solidarity. 3CR. Radio for the workers, by the workers, since 1976. Hey, this is Nick from Pinyao. You're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Give money back to the people that give music to you.
It's 13 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. Our guest on the program this morning is Ness Gavanzo. She is an organiser with Gabriella, and Gabriella is a feminist organisation uh, working with expatriate Filipino women across the world um, towards the rights of working women in uh, the Filipino diaspora. Welcome to the program, Ness. Thank you. Um, of course, we brought you on the show today because on Monday it's International Women's Day and we do know that in the Philippines working women are very, very active. So I guess to begin with, uh, what are the main demands of the women's movement in the Philippines? Um, for, the, for these two years, it's much connected, connected to the um, pandemic. So the first one is for the cash aid of 10000 to be given by the government and, of course, for workers for the regularization wage, um, wage increase in benefits. And also the most important thing is the um, top of the red tagging activities of the government um, because there's a lot of um, activists that are being killed and jailed at the moment. Well, speaking of that red tagging, we do know that Duterte, as a murderous president in his war on drugs, he's been targeting unionists, leftists, human rights lawyers. Uh, Are women, feminists, people that organise against sexism, are they also targeted in this red tagging and war on drugs? Yes, yes, yes. So there's a big number, even just the statistics say for peasant women there were 78 already just this past year that are currently languishing in jail due to trump-up charges. And also there are more um, unionist women who are um, who are in jail at the moment together with their children. And um, a lot of them have the same reasons. Trump-up charges, they were planted with guns and rifle grenades, same judges that have released um Warrant. There are also cases where it is warrantless arrest, and a lot of them has a common denominator. They're all leaders in their unions, and they are leaders in their communities and organizers. So, um, as far as I know, since I became activist since in 1997, um, Duterte is the most macho fascist um, president that the Philippines has ever had. So he continues to um, belittle women on national television, even the vice president, who is a woman. Um, just two days ago, he said he's, she's better off dead. And then he would make comments like women are no fit to be president and um, they should just be shot in their vaginas. All of those, yeah, all of those bad things that you could imagine are being said on national television. And um, yeah, even her own, his own mother he would say bad things about um, his um, dead mother, who was an, an activist during the um, during the Marcos regime. There are some very shocking stories there, really. So what effect does this have uh, on women who are trying to organise and, and trying to fight against sexism and for equality and all, and all that? Like, how, how do you um, um, uh, take on these attacks? How do you defend yourself? Uh, the, the, of course, it has a chilling effect, especially that um, at this point, 
it is not only um, warrantless arrests, but they're being killed. But the um, the women's movement is very much strong. The women's movement that knows that the only solution is to continue to organize, to arouse and mobilize um, women, especially from the grassroots. So that's what is happening. What has happened even during the pandemic is um, more are protesting in so many ways, even if it's not, uh, <laughs> even if it is prohibited. To, to do the the, the protest um, on on the streets, it's still happening, and there are women um, across the country, especially in far flung areas, that you would see even in social media posting the, their pictures. Some of them have been arrested, even just protesting um, inside their home, you know, showing their um, their pictures via social media. So um, yeah, there's a lot um, of things happening in terms of organizing. Um, but sadly, even our organization, Gabriela, which for the longest time, it is the only organization that was able to put a representative in the House of Congress, is now being red tagged and being red tagged as terrorists, and they want to cancel our registration. So that that is actually um, an issue that has united a lot of women from different walks of life at the moment. So there are more, let me say... <laughs> celebrities that are now sympathetic with Gabriela and are open with their support. Um, but yeah, I'm not even um, discounting the fact that it's very dangerous now in the Philippines. Yeah, well, thank you um, for that. Um, just a, a just a quick question, just on the on the repression. From what I um, I know, the conditions in in jails in the Philippines are, are really really tough. And from what I've uh, I've read, um, there's actually massive overcrowding now because of all these arrests. What kind What kind of support networks are there? Um, for women um, that end up in prison, is this seen as as part of the support defence um, network for for activists in the Philippines? Well, what happens usually is um, it's a lot of adult activities happening. Well, from the side of Gabriela, there was already um, a bill, um, a legislation that was put in by Gabriela Women's Party List. Um, to protect women prisoners, especially those that have uh, that are pregnant or have given birth uh, in prisons. But to tell you honestly, it's a very uh, there's almost no resource, even if there is organizing happening. Because when there are political prisoners, they continue to organize inside jails and um, they continue to educate even the jail guards, the warden, and all that stuff. Um, but um, just like here in Australia, of course, the Philippines is much on a higher level in using the pandemic to be able to repress even um, people, um, relatives, um, family members that wanted to see their um, jailed um, members of the family. So, yeah, it, it hasn't stopped um, in terms of organizing, but it it is very difficult. Some of them hasn't even been able to see their jail members of the family for almost a year. And even um, a senator of the Philippines, Senator Leila de Lima, who was first to be um, red-tagged and, and to be jailed by, by the, the Duterte government because of her opposition to the drug war campaign, has been in jail for how many years now? And even her, she hasn't been permitted 
for her visitors to be able to visit her, really. Yeah. It is really extraordinary the um, conditions we subject prisoners to and, you know, in relation to the overcrowding, uh, I imagine COVID is probably spreading also in the prison system in, in the Philippines. Yes, yes. And and one um, of the cohorts that is usually um, the usual victims are those that are pregnant women or has just um, given birth. So one case is... Um, um, Ina Nasino, who gave birth in jail, um, he she was one of those unionists who was um, put in jail um, a year ago due to Trump up charges. So was planted evidence in in the union office, and um, her baby died actually. So the baby, um, due to overcrowding and also with the COVID, eventually the baby died, and she. Baby River was um, not allowed to be with her mother during the uh, first few months of her life. So that's quite yeah. that's quite devastating. I'm <clears throat> actually very sorry to hear that. Um, I I just returning to International Women's Day, given the you know the maternal demands of women, the anti-prison demands, the anti-red tagging demands. Are you expecting that there's going to be trouble on the streets in Manila and in other parts of the country where women are mobilising? Yes, yes. That's already um, a given. So even just reaching Manila, those because the, the rally would probably be um, in Minjola and then the, the surrounding provinces will be the one who's going to be attempting to go to Manila, will not be able to enter Manila. Even before the Duterte regime, when I was there, it's very difficult to enter Manila in big rallies because um, a lot of the police, including the military, are already positioned in different areas before you even hit the um, the entrance to, to to Manila. And they would jail you, actually. So especially now that there is the anti-terror bill where they could just do warrantless arrest and put you in jail for 24 days without charges. So that's being used massively, especially um, even on, on on indigenous women. So there are a lot of indigenous women who are being jailed. And um, at the moment, there was one who was jailed during the pan- during last year, the pandemic. It took eight months before she was freed. And she was um, one of the leaders that is very visible, actually, so an, an indigenous woman from um, from the northern Philippines, so um, a very known area, the Cordillera region, who has been um, really consistent in fighting for the, their ancestral domains in relation to the big mining corporations. Yeah, and one of the big mining corporations in that area is the um, Oceana Gold, which is um, Australian-owned. And uh, in addition to being an activist um, in the Philippines and here now for Filipino rights and for the rights of the workers and women's movements in the Philippines, but you're also active in the Australian women's movement and you're a part of the Melbourne International Women's Day Collective. What is happening in Melbourne for IWD? So on Monday, on March 8th, um, International Women's Day, there will be the march and the rally. Um, uh, it will start at, at 2 o'clock at Parliament Steps. And there will be a program, and then it will march up to the State Library. 
and there will be also dances including um, included in the in the program. Yeah, so the, it's a the same demands um, would be there um, in relation to economic justice, to gender um, against the gender based violence um, on indigenous rights. Um, yeah, and uh, almost all of the areas will will be covered. I think this time the difference is because what is happening in Canberra is really, you know, the bad smell is really out there in the whole country of what is happening there. And that is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the gender-based violence that um, women are being subjected to. So we are really calling all to be out in the streets, especially it's a public holiday um, on on March 8th, and let's all celebrate our um, successes and our struggles and also to be able to know what is really happening in the communities at the moment. Yeah, so I'll be focusing more on the called women, what has happened to them, especially during the during the pandemic. Yes, what to say of what's happening in Canberra. <laughs> no, well, yes. don't even know. But thank you so much. So that is two o'clock on the steps of Parliament House on Monday the 8th, which is International Women's Day. Ness, so thank you so, so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thank you. Thank you also for having me. That was Ness uh, Govanzo from Gabriella um, speaking about the situation for women and the workers' movement in the Philippines, but also International Women's Day here in Melbourne town. Get your copy of 3CR's magnificent book. It's a stunning history of the people, programs and issues at the station since 1976. On sale now for the amazing price of just $20. Pick one up at the station or jump online and place your order. Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR. On sale now for $20. Listening to 3CR Community Radio. Come to me sweetly, this love of great It is 28 minutes past nine o'clock. Two more minutes to the end of the show, Pierre. Um, Comrades, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, It would be really great to see you on the streets um, for International Women's Day. I've been saying this to comrades lately. Actually, the women's movement is quite a contested space and has very little support from the left and the workers' movement, and that relates to some of the complex history um, that that you can be a right-wing feminist as well as a left-wing feminist, but it's really time for the left to reclaim International Women's Day and the women's movement for working women's demands. So please come out on the 8th of March at 2 o'clock at Parliament House. Um, well said, uh, Giselle, and, and really I was just going to add uh, just a comment which I sort of said to you um, when we were off air, just um, we knew that, you know, we know things are really bad in the Philippines and we've covered it a lot over the last few years, but when you actually hear some of the um, uh, personal, Detail. the details, you just sort of sink in your chairs and you just think there's just, it's a bottomless pit of repression and uh, and, and, and torture, so... 
you know, hats off to all the activists fighting in the Philippines and in a lot of these other countries. But it's um, really time for us to go. Palestine, remember, will be coming straight after this community announcement. So that's all from me, Pierre Morrow. And me, Giselle Hanna. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.